have to be patient and pray a lot. Right. Yes, he does. Anybody know what um, in the King James Version 
waiting me. Waiting? Uh-huh. Waiting on the Lord. Yeah, what, what's the word that they use? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
15, and then verses 26 and 27. It's verses 15 uh, after chapter 24? Yeah. I that 15 and then 26 and 27 of that same chapter. 27, all right. Thank you. Right. Okay. Okay, sure. Okay. Reading from Genesis 21, 15 to 20. And when the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down nearby, about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there nearby, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up. Take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. I'm just going to... Uh begin in this way that I know that it's difficult during these times and, and sometimes if you just wait a minute I, I know that there were times when I was on my way to the church and out by the General Motors plant in Romulus was a train track and, and I would be cutting down the course to go over to Wayne Road and when I did that, it seemed like there was a number of times where that, that train would be across that, that street, and it would upset me to no end. So there was one time when I got to the train track, and the train was just showing up, and I turned around and went all the way back to Hannon, and then came around, and it took me forever to do it, but I did it. But the problem was is that when I got to Michigan Avenue, and I was going under the Rhinoc there, what I saw was the train had already gone through the, through the, through the gate. And then I was really upset. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was angry because I said, I didn't have to do that. And then I was telling, I was telling my partner. <laughs> and I mentioned this to her. And she said, you know what, you spent a lot of time, you spent a lot of time in gas doing that. Why didn't you just wait? And I go, I don't have time to wait. Oh, okay. The next time that I came up on a train track and the train was going across, I heard her word, just wait. And so I sat there and I kept looking at my watch and I go, this train don't hurry up. I'm going to turn around and go back. And it took about 15 minutes to get through the through the street, and then I realized it wasn't as bad as me going all the way around and coming all the way back, and so mm -hmm. I was rejoicing with that, and I said, thank you, God, for, for that. Mm -hmm. it, it's kind of that word that we have for us today as we go to reopening, which I'm not sure that we should be reopening, but that's not my call. Mm -hmm. But I do know my call, and I will stay in my lane, and I will not get out of my lane. But I know one thing is that I'm not going to put anybody's life in jeopardy just because I'm rushing to get 
God to move faster. But it is difficult. And that story of Hagar, I don't know if you know the story of Hagar, but Hagar was the other wife of Abraham. And she got caught up in that by just the, the impatience of Sarah and Abraham. She got caught up in that. And to hear her son, who was Ishmael, to hear him crying, I know that that had to just destroy her. And it ripped her heart out. And she was ready to just give him up and die. But then the angel of the Lord appeared. And I know that she was thinking about this. That she saw things just slipping away and slipping out of control and, and, and beyond her control. And she needed help and she needed it fast. But she didn't know where it was going to come from. And God showed up right on time. And here's the message that the angel said. He said, the Lord has heard him. He's heard your baby's crying. And he's now going to deliver him. And, and the one part that got me was in verse 19. It says, then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And you know that out there right now is floating around in our world a, a healing from this coronavirus. And but we've got to wait. We've got to wait that healing to take place. So when I think about it, Ishmael, you know, Hager, Hager's thought was, and she thought with Ishmael that they had been abandoned and rejected and guilty and they were ashamed. But God was there and he gave, had given a promise and he produced that promise. And it's kind of funny because when you think about the promise that God had given to Abraham, and the one that he had given to Isaac, he was now going to fulfill through Ishmael as well. Because he said, I'm going to make it a great nation. And boy, that's the thing that happened not only with, with Isaac, but also with Ishmael, is that God made them a great nation. Now, we don't appreciate it because we're the kind of people who want to get off in our corner and divide and we want to fight. And that's that war that's been going on between the Ishmaelites and the Israelites for a long, long time. For Christians and for all of us, we, are, we love to do battle instead of just waiting on God to deliver us. Yeah. We have a promise, and I want you to be sure of that. We have a promise that God is going to fulfill, and He's going to fulfill it in a dynamic and an awesome way. We may not be around here on this earth, but when he comes for us, that's his fulfillment of his promise to each and every one of us. Now I want you to go to Genesis chapter 24, verse 15, and then 26 and 27. Reading verse 15. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. And then verse 26 to 27. Then the man bowed down and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. Now, this is the story of Isaac, and the story is really about Isaac and Rebecca. But, you know, Isaac was ready to give up hope after Laban had 
was a trick on him, and switched the lies on him. But Isaac was filled with hope. But he was also dismayed as well. And he had a past with God because he grew up with him, but his father Abraham, and he trusted him just like his father Abraham did. But then there's in verse 12, which was before this, he said, Then he prayed, O Lord God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. Isaac did what he was what he knew to do. He stopped and he prayed with a certainty. And if you go back and you read the story of Abraham, Abraham was always stopping and asking God for whatever it was because he trusted God to deliver him. And he prayed with that hope. You know what we call that kind of hope? We call it faith. We call it faith knowing that God will not disappoint us, not turn away from us. But we're in a hurry. And God wants us sometimes just to wait. While we're waiting, he's growing us to receive what he's already produced for us to have. So God knew him. He knew Isaac. He already had planned out how he was going to deliver Isaac. And the other part of that is that he did deliver Isaac. But there's a portion in John chapter 15, verse 7, and, and this is what it says. It says, Jesus said, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. I wonder how many of us can trust that. How many of us know Monday evening, she called me. She said, Pastor, I got a word for you. And I said, what's that? She said, 
the doctor can't do surgery tomorrow, and now I've got to suffer just a little while longer, Delhi. And I said, what? And she said, i got to suffer just a little while longer. And I said, okay. And so it was a couple of weeks after that, and she showed up at church one Sunday, and I said, how are you doing? She said, my lady's killing me. I said, well, we're waiting, right? She said, yeah, we're waiting. And she said, I have to call the doctor in the morning to find out what I need to do. And so she called the doctor, and the doctor told her, well, come in before you schedule your surgery again, because I want to check you out. And she went in, and she called me after she went to the doctor, and she was crying. And I said, what happened? And she said, Pastor, the doctor checked me, and I don't have anything wrong with me. Wow. Won't you do it? I said, what? She said, I don't have anything wrong with me. And I said, was it worth the wait? She said, oh, yeah, it was worth the wait. And the next time I saw that lady, too, walking up and down the street, like she did every morning. She was walking up and down the street and just with a smile on her face and bringing joy to this world. But she waited. She waited. And that's the thing about carrying. I, I love that word from King James. That's probably one of the things that I really love about King James because he said, carrying and waiting because you know that he's delaying in order that he might do something. Okay. And we don't want somebody to run out in front of us and do something that we don't want done, right? Him, and we're going to glorify him, and we're going to witness him 
about him because I know that there's some miracles that God is performing right now. Yeah, but in the yes, 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 amen. Thank you. 
12 to 14. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and pre- and present us with you in his presence. And this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching far more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Did you hear that? It talks about thanksgiving. We are tender and gentle and understand what suffering really means. The trials and difficult times are needed to press us forward so that the work to refine us that reminds us that God is not far off, that he works in strength to renew renew and restore and bless us. So I like those words at the very end. He says, all of this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Yeah. How many of you got your stimulus check? Coronavirus. Right. And the issue was in the living room with 
Messiah. All right. That is good. All the time. I'm still fighting that tears, but the thing is that I know that God will watch on us and he will strengthen us. So let us pray a prayer of thanksgiving for all of those that have been delivered. Father in heaven, we thank you for those that you do deliver. We thank you for the work of those who are on the front line who are battling this thing to no end. Father, I just pray that you will give them all that they need to do the job that the coronavirus might be might be conquered or brought into to control. And Father, I pray for all the nurses, the EMTs, the doctors, all of those, Father, because they are human and they have their limits as well. And I pray, Father, that you will just strengthen them on through all of this. I pray for the endurance of all of us to run this race right now. As you said in your word, the race is given to, not to the, to the swift, but to those who endure until the end. So, Father, help us to endure. We pray for our hope in the hour of, in this hour of darkness. And we pray for renewal when we want to, to first to faint or fall. We pray for our congregation and those connected to it. All of them, Father, that they are—they hear your word and they're strengthened by it. And that they're renewed just to give it one more chance, Lord. To give you one more chance because you're going to give them chance after chance after chance. Father, I pray for our nation. For those who are despairing and hardened of heart. And even those who desire to act out. Father, I just pray that you will bring us to that time of gentleness and unity. That we need to know, that we must know. That, that in order that we not sabotage ourselves. And Father, I, I pray today for those who are bold and are, are bold and our brave governors who are taking a stand and they're doing what they need to do. Father, I lift up before your throne of grace those in mid-Michigan now threatened with flooding after the dam had broken. I pray for their strength, and I pray for their courage, and I pray for their faith. That you will not let this thing that will weary, but that they will run this race until the end. I pray for strength, and I pray for the children and the vulnerable. I don't need to use good sense and good judgment. A sense of humility and knowing that it is remains with you. That we put our trust in you in all things and in every way. Father, just bless us today. Send your Holy Spirit that we might stand on you, Father, and walk in you as we approach Pentecost Sunday, Father. That you will just give us deliverance. That's what I pray for, Father. Deliverance from the fear and the anguish and the despair. Father, I pray that you will return us to a time of a better place. But not only that better place of yesterday, but a better place of tomorrow. And we know that you're walking with us every step of our journey, and that you'll keep us steadfast in all things. And then, to that end, Lord, we praise you and we glorify you, and we thank you today. And Father, hear our prayers as we lift them up before you silently, and for your strength.
conference meeting tomorrow at 10 a.m.? There's a there's a maintenance conference for those who are part of the family family ministry. So it's not for everyone. Um, if you want to be a part of that, you can. And just listen to what the the next instructions were. What we're doing is is that, and I know that Pastor Bali probably I don't know if he's back yet, but it's, they think that his mother had a stroke earlier this week. And so he went to Orlando to be with uh, Pentecostal, uh, I'm sorry, Pensacola, to be there with his mother. And, uh, but maybe Schultz is going to be the person that will take over. And one thing that I know is that uh, she's just trying to get ideas on how we can start to reach out to those young people that are around us. So we're, we're going to try that. And if you want to join in and listen, we have the number, please call in. 